0: Here are three quick real estate tips from our sponsors, Jesse Taff of Waypoint Real Estate Group and Bryce Gonser of Fulcrum Home Loans. One, get your credit pulled sooner rather than later. It's better to lay eyes on your credit report versus guessing where you think you're at. Surprises later in the process can really complicate your search. Two, check out down payment assistance programs. Eligible buyers can go out of pocket for as little as half a percent for their down payment. And three, start the process early. Buying a home isn't something that should be rushed. Start talking to both a real estate agent and a lender to educate and prepare yourself before purchasing a home. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Welcome back to the conversation.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. This is Natalie Plummer. As a couple married for over 20 years, we've had lots of discussions about time, how we spend it and how we divvy it up, and how we support each other in our efforts to recharge. We've gone through the challenging years of small kids and know intimately how much you can lose yourself for years in the role of a parent and spouse. Pile on top of that starting careers, rendering service, and maintaining friendships, both of us became acutely aware of our individual needs for time. You'll hear in this conversation that we have different experiences and perspectives and don't necessarily agree on all points, but we're fully supportive of the idea of consciously and intentionally managing time as a couple and helping each other find individual fulfillment. We've been able to find a great balance that works for us and hope our experiences help you to tackle this important issue. So with that, join us for a conversation about the gift of time.
0: It's a beautiful evening in our backyard, sitting by the fire pit, and we had a great weekend outside, Um, spent a lot of time out on the patio, working on the garden, and hanging out as a family. It's been a great weekend. Yeah,
1: it's been a great weekend. I I mean, we're all wishing for spring, and then we had one day of spring, and then summer! Yay! It's really hot, actually. It was almost 90 today.
0: And I think it did get past 90. Wow. Okay. I could be wrong, but um, we were sitting around earlier today talking about um, an interesting topic that I thought would be good for us to maybe talk through, or you thought that we should talk through. And it was the idea of guilt-free time is how we started talking about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So uh, I went on a, a staycation, which I do as part of some of the stuff we do in our marriage, a kind of a solo staycation. And um, it's one of the things I like to talk about on my Instagram page because I had I I didn't realize how important it would be, and so I think it's um, it's something that I just like to talk about openly. How this has been so beneficial for my mental health, and I'm always I always have so many people reaching out saying that it's not something they think about or they don't know how to go about doing it, or it's not something that's really um, a safe topic in their marriage, and um, so I, I, I asked. I'm like, "Is this something you guys might want to um, hear on the podcast?" And I got so many people saying, "Yes, please talk about how this is something that you have achieved or are trying to achieve in your in your marriage." So, yeah. I'm like, well, well, cool, why not?
0: Uh, so, define the it for us. Is it the guilt free <laughs> time, or is it time? How would you de- I think
1: it. people seem to be interested in that we are invested in each other's space, separate from our family life, our marriage, and that we um, we're really focused in in each other's time and making sure that that is available to each other. Um, I, would I think agree. I think that um, especially women, um, especially mothers, they they tend to kind of lose out when it comes to personal time, um, real, real time. Um, I think I even, I even fed into this narrative in the first 10 years of being married in that I would think that a drive to target was like a break or a long bath was a break. And I realized, no, those are not breaks. That, that's just me running an errand, and that's me cleaning myself. And me eating food with a child in another room was not a break. and um, it 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 was too far in. Um, it was too far in um, for me. I should have learned it so much earlier and and I didn't know that I needed to ask for that that because I honestly didn't know it was an option. And I remember you starting to come to that realization for yourself as well because um you are starting to become more self-aware that you needed space outside of your job and your family and um you were wanting we have really dumb neighbors with really loud dogs sometimes. Anyway, and I just remember watching you kind of come to this this self awareness of like, oh my gosh, I need time. I'm like, I need time too. But instead of fighting us, fighting each other for it, we kind of went about it a different way.
0: I don't feel like we ever disagreed on time or begrudged the other person time. I think it's important to note that what you just said. I think that for the first ten years of having kids, we were. I see it as we were both in this work mode, yeah, and just going, mm-hmm. and not really thinking about about ourselves, just living and serving and um, working and. Uh, you know raising kids that was that was the program that we were that we were told is that's what you do and i think that that is true i mean small kids take a lot of work and i think that, that that phase of you know child rearing is pretty typical to be worn out and spread thin and wishing that you had more time
1: yeah i think we could have done it differently and and i agree we never have begrudged each other we just didn't have the tools or even awareness that we could make concessions for each other um I remember the first time I spent a night away like just in a hotel room um it was like 10 years ago and you like set me up in some hotel like by the freeway in Meridian and like it was just one night and I went into the hotel and I just started weeping I just started I lost it because I had not been alone in so long and I didn't even know what overcame me. I was so um, I was so desperate for for solitude. And the thing is is as we're talking about this, not everybody craves solitude. Not everybody craves the same things. You crave something very different than I do. Some people crave um, connection with other women or other men or whatever but um, it was I think that we at about the same time we started realizing that we were um, our mental state was was dissolving. Um, and that we needed to do something to help that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think that in our mid-30s, or at least in my mid-30s, I can't speak for you, but in my mid-30s, I had this idea that I had infinite energy, that I didn't know where the bottom was, Mm -hmm. that I could just go and um, not really think about it, and just, um, um, you know, I had plenty of energy to get through having kids. But it was 10, yeah, probably about 10 years into it when I started thinking, In my late 30s when i started to get tired yeah i started to get tired on on a lot of different fronts work church at the time um a lot of things i just kind of i started to realize that i needed i needed to refuel and i needed to you know sharpen the saw as they say and so i can keep on cutting
1: yeah and i'm so grateful you did because um I, I don't think I would have advocated for you because I didn't know. and like I remember you kind of wanting to to figure out things that you could do to kind of take a break at home. like you got kind of got into woodworking and stuff and and that just wasn't it just wasn't enough and you started then thinking, hey, I think I need to get outside.
0: being outside was incredibly fulfilling. and I remember I re- remember feeling um fulfilled and satisfied when I was out there and just like I came back from the mountains with a net positive and not a lot of other things had done that for me such as hobbies you know other things that were taking my time or that I was trying to detox or other ways that I was in which I was trying to detox they just didn't they just didn't do it the way that the mountains did so I found my formula what worked for me and then I think that eventually much later you found out what worked for you
1: well I went about it kind of differently I think There's something interesting in the way that men see their time and women see their time, and I didn't realize that for a long time, is that I think men, especially men who are breadwinners, feel like they kind of own all their time, which I see this so often in couples. Like men will have these these hobbies that take so much time, like golfing or softball or hunting or video games, right? And they'll take like these whole weekends or whole Saturdays and women especially mothers don't usually feel like they have that same power and that is a big struggle and what I realized was that I had been taught this narrative that because I wasn't really making an income I my time wasn't as valuable so I didn't have the right to ask for as much time as you were taking because you were making more money or, and I wasn't making I don't know if I was making any money at that time and um so it you know you could go out for like a whole weekend and there was something in in me that I was like, I can't do that because I, my time is not as valuable and not that you made me feel that way I was but gonna sleep. say i
0: I think that that was in your head because I was always surprised I don't think it was in my time. head.
1: I think it was the society that we we're we we' were part of, and that is a very common experience from women is that and and actually a lot of men do do speak to that you don't but I know a lot of men and we have friends good friends who we've had this conversation with who will be very open like well I'd bring in this much money so I feel like I need this much more of a break and I found myself <clears throat> so desperate to own my own time and for my time to be valuable so much of the reason I started having a career was because I wanted my time to be valuable which now I realize is ridiculous my time is as valuable everyone's I mean your time is as valuable as anyone's it doesn't matter who makes more money um, but I found that because then I was making money then I had um, then I had the um, the option to start spending time away though I didn't just spend time away doing not like hobby i worked like i would go away to to do work because i did have this kind of weird um mentality that i think i'm still trying to get over
0: i was just thinking about the social pressure and the social the social norms that people kind of uh adopt just because that's what they come into and without really questioning it and i and i love that we started to question it good grief i feel like we started to question question everything um. well i
1: think that's when it started when we started questioning everything i think especially like when we finally were like we got to get you know out of like our church because i felt like so well first i being part of a high demand church i had no free time every single second of your time is taught to be serve service 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 and and what i realized especially with what i do now is that um I remember when I was like, I can choose how I want to serve and I can serve way better if I'm like in charge. Um, and when I started taking, um, I hate using the term extreme ownership because of the, you know, it's done a lot. But when I started taking extreme ownership of my own time and like being completely in control of where that time was spent and nobody else was allowed to dictate it for me, um, that's when I started to have like that relief, like, okay, I own my time. Now how do I get out of this mental state where I feel some kind of real break from from the demands?
0: Hmm. I was just thinking about like I feel recharged when I go into the mountains and I love it. Like I'll before I go, I'm always pent up. It's like, oh my gosh, I gotta get away from these people, I gotta get up there have a little bit of time to for myself mm-hmm. but it doesn't take but a day sometimes two days of being up there that i just the, it it opens up part of my heart where i can start missing everybody and yeah. wanting to come back but there is a definite time like there's an experience a moment in every in every trip out where i feel this gratitude for what i'm going back to mm-hmm. uh for yeah and to. i think
1: we feel that together but there's also That's not automatic. I think it's because... Well, we can get into that of kind of what we try to do for each other to make that safe. But um, I remember there's this this influencer I used to watch who was local. And she would talk about how, like, she didn't understand, like, if you really love your spouse, you will never need space from them. You'll never want to be apart from them. And I would just laugh. I'm like, you're so cute since you've been married for two years and you have no children. Like, I never, like... I'm never around you thinking, man, I don't enjoy you, but man, I need some break from you so that I can miss you. Yeah. I need some space so I can look at my life and not just be like dog paddling all the time. I need to be able to stand on a surface and look at what I have when I'm not just working and I'm not I'm not a wife and I'm not a mother like full time. I just need a few days. Um, and it totally, I, but I, uh, even when I was a newlywed, I probably would have said the same thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing that comes into my mind is just how quick, how quickly people judge other people.
1: Like I just judged them.
0: Yeah. But they judged <laughs> you too. And just.
1: Well, yeah, that <laughs> comment was on mine. Like, why would you want to be away from your spouse? Yeah.
0: Like I can hear a lot of people right now listening <clears> to <throat> this or talking to somebody about it and. Saying, "Oh no, we don't need that time. We got business to do. We've got work. We've got kids. We've got, yeah, life is hard, and we've got to get to work and got to feed the cow, you know, till the till the field, and just got business to do." We so would there, be terrible there's no, farmers. yeah, we would be terrible farmers. But I think that that people that do have that work mentality, they don't. I don't think that they need these things that we talked about us needing, and I think that that's okay too. Like not everybody does, but I guess the point or The point that I want to drive home is you can question it. You can ask the question, does this work for us? Mm -hmm. Does this work for me? Instead of saying, oh, this is what was given to us, and so it must work. Um, Or this is the way that it has to be. That's being dogmatic. But I like the idea of asking yourself if it works, much like when uh, we split rooms. Yeah. And we uh, had separate rooms. I mean, a lot of people kind of judged that. A lot more people thought that it was... Incredibly interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we just took the, the time and asked ourselves, does this work for us staying in the same room? And
1: Yeah, instead of like, how do we make this work? We said, does this work for us? And I think that difference, we have that in a lot of things. And we had this one couple that we tried to go on a couple double dates with them, and it did not work very well like because we were so different. But they really came together as a couple to work. They were... Like they were farmers and they wanted to work and have children and their whole life was work. And And we did not come together that way. We came together as like two individuals who we had so many things we wanted to do in life. And then we also wanted work to support those things. But we I think one of the things that's important when we spend time away from each other is that we're able to remember that we're we are the same people we we fell in love with. Um, we've changed obviously in the last twenty two years, but you know Natalie as a mom and Natalie as a wife, are, those are just two parts of me. And Natalie, who's like cleaning the kitchen or whatever, like that part's fine. But like, what do we have to talk about when we get back together? And oftentimes, when we are spending time away from each other or in our own projects or your, you know, in your hobbies, um, we have things when we're sitting around the table at a date night that are different from just what do we have to get done? What do our kids need? We have conversations and we need to fuel those conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'd love to talk about, if you don't mind, how we have made this time um I don't like to say fair because that sounds like being counting, but where we both feel like we have um, an equal representation of free time Mm -hmm. and how we make that a safe, comfortable situation for each other.
0: Right. Well, for me. Like I said, we discovered my formulas being outside and and I've started to learn like how much time I need outside, like I need during the spring and summer, I need a weekend a month. To get out and see something, Um, and that can be a lot. I mean, from May through November, Mm -hmm. that's several months. Can't do the mental math right now, but several, and um, and that time adds up. Plus, I do a week of hunting typically in the fall. You know, where I take a a whole week off, um, and that time adds up. So, (coughs) what I love about it is that when I do it, you don't make me feel at all guilty for it mm-hmm. like you don't when i come back you don't tell me all the hard things that you had to deal with almost like putting this pressure on me like i like making me regret it you never do that you've always been incredibly supportive because we've had people in our lives that have acted like that like when when one person wants to go do something they have this amazing um, experience, but then they come home and their spouse just, man, this is what I had to deal with. This is a little blah and on and <laughs> on and not to not to minimize, you know, their challenges, but it kind of takes away from the sweetness of the experience that the other person just had um, and the gratitude that they feel towards the spouse that carried the burden uh, to allow them to do that. You've never made me feel guilty.
1: Yeah, like almost have to pay, like you have to pay for it. Yep.
0: You like gotta- you're going
1: to have to pay for it with your guilt. Um,
0: and a lot of people, they charge for it on the way out and on the way back in.
1: So I think one thing that is helpful is, especially when you have um, one partner who has a very high time-focused um, hobby, like golf, video games, hunting, softball, um, that you you are very... Um, you're very open with how much time that actually takes and really add up how much time does this take in a month, in six months, in a year um, where you have supported time away from your family and then look at um, the other partner and figure out how he or she can have, maybe not exactly equal, but very close to um the same amount of time to do whatever it is they want to do outside of their home. And a lot of times women will get into this idea that they have to have a hobby inside the house. I was like that as well. Um and a lot of it was honestly you were traveling all the time, you know, you didn't have a, a high demand a hobby in the beginning either. But I would bake, I would crochet, I would um blog because I could do it from home. Um and then, as you started to hunt and you started to camp, I started to see the the magnitude of those hours, and I realized um, I had every bit as much right to that amount of time. Um, at the same time, we needed to be focused on our family and all of the the things. So it had to. It looked different for me. So I wasn't going to take away. Um, I wasn't going to be gone like every weekend. So we talked about what worked for, for me. Now it happens to be that my career, um, also involves a lot of creativity and there's a lot that I do in my career. Um, so one of the things we do is like, I am gone, you know, maybe one night a week, um, doing some kind of cool creative thing with my job. Um, but what I do, so you're gone, as we've talked about, you're you're gone in the mountains very often. So what I do during the off season is that I go to an Airbnb or a hotel for an entire weekend. Like I leave um, right away on Friday if I can do it earlier, I can, and then I don't come back until like Sunday night. Um, and I try to do this at least quarterly, because what I've ne- what I've noticed for me is that even if I'm Working or catching up with work, it's the quiet that I want. It's not having anybody ask for me. Um, or I might go to a conference and I'll say, hey, I'm going to do this conference. You're going to need to figure out like a work situation. Because it's not like you can actually take much work off for me. You really don't take. You very rarely will take work off for, for me. That's just not your job. But we've, we've been able to figure no, out.
0: No, 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 no. Hold on. No, I am very willing to take off time for you. And I think that it's just something that we talk about because I think that you're presumed, it when you say that it feels like it's presume, it comes with baggage with how you think that I think, okay. like I don't think about this is my time. These are my days off. It is. These are the number of days that I get to not be at work. Now we can choose to spend them however we, we want, but they feel like our time. And so, yes, I do take some for hunting and, sick days and whatnot, but I'm absolutely willing to take time off.
1: I you. think you're saying, and, I, and I, I get where you're coming from, I don't think you're selfish with it. What I, what I think, we have had this conversation a million times. For how much time you take off for hunting, how much time you take off for being sick, and then having any time at all for vacation um, with our family in any way, and one, maybe one day for Christmas, that's everything. So I think you would be willing. It's just we don't have enough time. You do take a lot of your days off for hunting and camping. You do, and and that's not a bad thing. Um, we just have had to, we've just had to figure out um, other options. Like you don't take off time when I'm sick. Like you don't, you don't stay home and take care of me. And that's just because that's not the job you have. You need those days for when you get sick. I don't think that it's because you're like choosing not to take care of me. I just think that we live in America and it's not really like the place where we're allowed to take work off to take care of our family. Mm. I and again, I don't think you're selfish. I think I think you'd love to have, you know, more vacation days and and then you'd
0: you know. I know that you don't think that. Just the way that you said it I think might give the impression that you think that.
1: No, and I don't think that. I think that you're very giving with your time. You just don't have a lot of it. And you have chosen, um, you know, you've chosen a hobby that takes it takes a lot of time. And we've just had to work on that. And I think that had we not been really intentional, I would have gotten extremely resentful. Because, you, you know, you choose something that does take a lot of time. So one of the things that you said, um, like when you go hunting and camping, is that when you come home like we kind of have a plan of how to support each other so that when we are away, okay, so let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So you've kind of mentioned how, how I am with you. So one of the things that I realized that I was seeing over and over and over again with women is that they didn't want to go away from their family because the price was so high. So they would be, you know, we'd be with a group of friends for like a a mom's night. And I mean, the in the beginning of having kids that was like once every like three months and the entire time we're out pe- their husbands are calling them or texting them asking like well where are the kids pajamas and like well like what is the kid like my sister pack their lunches like and you know you didn't do it a ton but like you'd say hey so am I supposed to like feed them like we were we were getting constant messages from our husbands just with a for a day, like a night out, all of us. And the thing is, is when you got 10 girls out and then, and each of you just get three texts, you're, you're nonstop being bothered. That's a night out. So when you go away for three days, what I would see consistently were, was that women would leave and they would come home to absolute chaos um I I was
0: sorry, you seem like you're a little agitated. No I'm just thinking, did you ever come back to absolute chaos? No, I have I'm I talking can't about, think of a time where you ever came back. No, to I'm chaos. not talking about
1: me. I'm talking about what I saw. Now you did text me like when you were we did not have I um, always
0: knew that I needed to feed the kids.
1: Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying in the first ten years we I was like the dominant parent and you were the dominant breadwinner. We're we're much more um, blended now,
0: I I guess I just have a different a different perspective. I mean, yes, I was the breadwinner, but every second that I was not working, I was invested in our family, and yeah, our home, you totally were, and what we were doing. Like it was never, oh shoot, how do I change a diaper? Or, wait, she usually does this. Or, no, you weren't oh, a dumbass. Oh wait, ass. I've got to wipe the counter down after I make a mess. <gasps> what I mean
1: is that you did not know all the things like in the first ten years because. I didn't, it, it just wasn't a priority for us. And so I do remember like n- not feeling like I was totally alone or like on my own when I'd go out. Mm. But what I would see from women is that um, I message, I, I, I sent you this article that I wrote that I didn't do anything with, but like men always wonder why their women, why their wives don't feel like rested or f- safe to go away. And it's, it's kind of like um like if you have a firefighter. So if a fire you so if you're a firefighter, right? And that's your job. If you're sick or if you go on vacation, the other firefighters put out the fires, right? They're not going to wait for you to get back on the job to put out the fires. There's other firefighters. They're going to put out the job. They're going to put out the fire. Like you're fine. You a firefighter goes home, you, They rest, or they go on vacation, they come back, and they'll catch the next fire. What happens when women leave so often, when moms leave, is that fires start popping up all over. Um, Fires don't get put out. And so what happens is they come home to um, this burnt landscape of someone who maybe how do I say I don't I don't think every husband is purposely doing this I just heard these stories over and over again that they'd come home and the dishes were piled high and the laundry was all over the floor and the kids were so grumpy because they'd been watching tv all day and there were snack wrappers all over the place and they would come home and then and then their spouses would be kind of resentful like oh my gosh I am so tired you know just like and so they come home from trying to take a break, but knowing the whole time they were gone that these fires were not being put out. And um, and so when they come home, they're first of all, they're not able to relax when they're gone because they know the fires are happening, and then they walk right into a disaster. So when you think about wanting to refresh and wanting to take some space that doesn't seem like a situation that would allow for that would really allow for your mental state to kind of just just kind of ease um and I remember talking to you about that because um, that was never a problem for us like you were I never experienced that but what I learned from that was that not every that there were a lot of women who were not given um, a safe space to find to find a little bit of respite.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think, trying to simplify what you said, that it's it's hard to relax when you don't have confidence that your partner is taking care of things to allow you to relax because otherwise it's just deferred work.
1: Yeah. if You're, you're, you're yeah. coming
0: back to something else. And so how, how can I relax if I know that I'm just having to make up all my work as soon as I get back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. No. And I think that that's an important thing for couples to do is to maybe have that conversation. Do you trust me to take care of things when you're gone? And have the other person say yes or no. And th- these are the reasons why. And then Maybe work towards building that trust and that competence so that, you know, both people can take care of things so that the other person can peel off. I just keep thinking about these people that we've known that, you know, where the spouse gives them a hard time before they go. And then when they come back, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's all these fires, like you said, all these things happening. And the person who just got back is like, why did I even go? Mm -hmm. Because now I'm just having to clean up the mess after I get back home. And that's that doesn't feel fair to me. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like people should be able to talk about that and have that, especially if it's reciprocal, right?
1: Well, that's what's so important, I think, and why it works for us is that we have some set um, expectations. I wouldn't say expectations. Well, almost offerings. Like It's not like we've set down, this is what we want. It's more, this is what I'm offering f- when you go off, and does this does this work? Does this make you feel good? So, like, for when I was just gone for the Airbnb, um, I know that basically you're only going to call me if it's an emergency. Um, and when you're out in the mountains, I have no contact with you at all, like because you're out in the mountains, but also, um, if I needed to get in touch with you, you know, you have your GPS, I've never done it, but it would be because, you know, it is a massive emergency. So I think one thing that we do is that we hold each other's time away as sacred for the other person. Um, we we acknowledge the importance of it to them, and we see that without resentment.
0: For sure. I mean, when you go out, like, I want you to come back feeling good. Like, I want you to feel better. It is, and it's happened sometimes, and it's happened sometimes when I've done it too, but you go out and you come back, and it's like been a terrible trip or something. And and me, who's been holding that down the fort, I think, man, why did I work so hard to... Uh, take care of business and keep all the fires put out when it it didn't seem like it counted for anything. She didn't have a good time or she's she she wasn't fulfilled. So, like, my part is I want to hold down the fort and I want to clear the table for you to be able to find fulfillment.
1: Well, and I, I think that's a, an interesting point because I, I've heard that from a lot of my male friends. Having a weekend away is not going to solve anything for a lot of women it we it's going to feel it it might be really great at the time but it's not like it's going to fix everything it's not like she's you I mean she might come home j- is still exhausted because it's just an exhausting time of life but that doesn't mean that it wasn't worth the effort of trying or worth the effort of just a few breaths but feeling like it has to solve a problem like if you're having an existential crisis and you go out in the mountains and you come down and you still have an existential crisis it's not like it wasn't worth it
0: no, for sure, and I'm not saying that time away need you need to sol- solve everything, but I think that we can agree to say that I we we want it to be productive, we want it to be beneficial, we we want the person to come back better than they left.
1: I think as long as you don't put expectations on the other person, like sure. I'm not going to put expectations on what I I hope you achieve this thing. If I'm going to be holding it on for it, like uh, I, I I just I let go of that thing because. It's it's not my business. Oh,
0: totally. And that's how I try to approach it: is to say, okay, well, I've done my part. I've held on the fort. I've taken care of business, and I allowed her the time. Like, I'm not trying to dictate the results. But what what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to dictate the results of what you come back feeling. Um, I just want to know that I've done my part mm-hmm. to be to be supportive.
1: Yeah. And I think having a conversation about what that looks like, like for you, what I've tried to do, because I've tried to read the room a little bit and I can see kind of what you want. Um, Well, first, I'll say what you do for me. So when first of all, if I ever say, hey, I think I want to go out this weekend, I cannot remember you ever saying anything. But yeah, do that. Yeah. Let me let me check my calendar. Let me let me do that. And you know that I'm not going to plan it, you know, during hunting season and I'm not going to plan it, you know, um, all summer. Um, So I can feel right away your enthusiasm for me going always. I've never feel anything but enthusiasm, even though I know it's going to be hard for you, just like it's hard for me. I feel like I this most of the time I'm not perfect because sometimes I do get a little overwhelmed by because it's by the end of the summer, it's been a lot. But I do try to be um, enthusiastic for you on the way out. And as I'm like prepping and when I'm and I'm packing in the same thing, I think when you're doing that is that we are we are not we are not talking about how it's going to be hard while you're gone. We don't do that. We talk about what you're going to do. We talk about, oh, what do you have any plans? Because it's not about us. The other person is taking their time. Um, And so we leave. Um and no one's been forcing any guilt on us.
0: Yeah, we're not begrudging anybody for going.
1: Yeah. And and not and it's not like a fine, I guess like yeah, I guess so. It's like awesome, have the best time. We're all good. Um
0: Yeah. It's not at all passive, passive aggressive. It's supportive in enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and we don't have to fake it because I mean we've seen the results. We know what happens when Oh, this-
0: absolutely. You come back refreshed. Hornier, and that works out for both of us.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, and then uh, and then while we're gone, you know, we we do whatever it is we're and we're we do we're very different in how we we take our space. Um. And then when we come home, I've noticed that both of us kind of well, we have kind of like little traditions what we do, but when we come home, um, one we the house is usually clean, mm-hmm. like we try to get the house clean so that when, um, I think what we've talked about before is that we want each other to feel like we want to come back home. Like we've had time to breathe and now we're, we're welcome back. And so like for you hunting and like, I try to cook dinner um, to have ready something like comforting. Um, oftentimes you will have food in the fridge or you'll, you know, it's just, it's not like I come home to an empty fridge. You're often running to the grocery store. Like we're thinking, almost like we're a guest, we're waiting for a guest to come home. How do we make this person feel um, welcomed back into our home?
0: Yeah, and for me, sometimes it's a little bit of a, you know, a competitive feeling. It's like, I I want her to walk in and just think, holy crap, things are in order. This house is clean. Things are taken care of. We've got meals prepped and ready. I can just show up and he's got everything taken care of. Yeah, like that's a that's a source of pride for me.
1: That's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, and and it it's so fun because um, I just I I have this this time by myself, this this cleansing thing, and I come back and, I, and then I'm like, I'm I'm truly grateful to come back home. Like, I'm happy, and and I've also noticed, and I think that you would say the same, is that the day we come home from being away. We don't have a very stressful day that day. Um, usually, we are chilling. Um, I don't have a list of things for you to do. You don't have a list of things for me to do. Like usually, we. I know some people will come home super late, like that Sunday. But I've noticed both of us tend to come home like on that afternoon because the the weekend kind of continues, and we have a nice mm-hmm. we have a nice time because the fires were all put out the whole weekend.
0: Yep. Anyway, I'm super grateful for you and. Making it so that my time away is truly wonderful, and I hope that I come back a better man, and husband, and father. After I, I come back,
1: I think that you being you going away, and spending time by yourself, and kind of, you know, finding a way where you you could get in touch with, um, with who you are. It, it's like part of you kind of came back too. Like I felt like the first ten years, we were just so tired. We were so tired. We just worked so hard, and I felt like we were we were in just such work mode that there were parts of us that kind of went into almost hibernation. But that um, by you really finding this thing that that rejuvenates you, it's like um, I don't know. I just feel like we've moved past this place of just just being parents and just be, you know we we have each other again.
0: There's something more than just work.
1: Yeah, and there should be something more than just work, and for there should some be least. something more than just marriage. I mean, marriage is awesome, but we live outside of that too. And
0: um, I think that marriage is better when you're making yourself better for it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that takes time and hobbies and interests and you know right. things that make you think and grow. Yeah. For me, it's the outdoors. For you, it's um, working alone in an Airbnb or a hotel.
1: And, you know, I mean, you come visit me. I always want a booty call. I mean, obviously.
0: I'm here for that.
1: I know. Uh, and that's great. And then you, then I send you home. I don't want you to spend the night. I want you to <laughs> sleep in a bed by myself. <laughs> I like to do that. Um, and I guess I would just, in hearing, people, in hearing people's comments about when they see us do this, um, some of the things I hear is, isn't it hard? Isn't it hard to do that for each other? Yeah. It is hard. Of course it's hard. It's a lot of work. It doesn't
0: feel hard to me.
1: Well, I guess we have a system, but the thing is in the middle of it, you're working hard. Oh, sure. During the week, weekend, you're gone and I'm gone. It is, you know, know, sometimes when you're married to each other, you want each other to be happy. (laughs) And sometimes that means seeing them for more than what they can do for you, what more than they can provide for your family and, um, the The problem that happens is when one person is dedicated to doing that, and then the other is not, and that's not going to work. If and if you if you feel like your spouse is not focused on your time and does not see your time as valuable, then I would recommend going to therapy for that because your your time is as valuable, and you can advocate for that. Um, but if only one person is Focused on um, making sure that their spouse is satisfied and has time away, that is uh, that is going to lead to some massive resentment.
0: I agree. Well, hopefully, people can have some conversations with their significant others and find time for each other. Yeah. For themselves. Do you
1: have a call to action?
0: I I guess my m- main call to action would just be identify the things that you need to be rejuvenated. Like what is it that you need? I think that that's on every individual to pinpoint what their needs are. And then after that, empower your spouse to figure out what they need. And then have a crucial conversation about how do you meet those needs. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Yeah. Most people I don't think are even thinking about it, much less talking about it.
1: Yeah. And I would add on to that to start seeing the hours of your day as valuable as the currency that's coming in and and figure out who and what are asking of your time that uh, that maybe we you could reconsider. Cause I hear people say all, all the time, like, Oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Um, you know, w- what is the PTA asking you for? What is the thing that you, what, what are the things in your life that other people have kind of taken control of your hours and, um, start spending your hours as carefully as you spend your, your money. And you will start to find, just like saving, saving your money, you'll start to find the hours that you can dedicate to, to kind of coming back to yourself and, and finding, fi- finding some breath.
0: I like that. Start spending your time as carefully as you spend your money. That's awesome. So. On that note.
1: Well, thank you for always allowing me to have uh, time away. Mm-hmm. and um ditto yeah it's been uh, it's been helpful yeah thanks for listening this is the boise bubble podcast please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review follow us on instagram at the boise bubble and for more information about our community follow at hello meridian see you next time
0: thanks again to our sponsors jesse taff of waypoint real estate group and Bryce Gonser of Fulcrum Home Loans for supporting local dialogue. Find them on the web at www.waypointidaho.com and www.fulcrumhomeloans.com to learn more.